Hey guys, welcome to Do More, my channel. Now my channel is all about, you know, being the best person that you can be. It's about starting your own business. It's about investing your money wisely to become, you know, wealthy as early as possible. So today I talked to this guy called Ian Young. Ian is an investment banker, but more importantly, he is a share market investor that I hold in the highest regard. And today I try and get into his mind in terms of how the market works. I try and get him to explain his tips and techniques as to how to buy a stock wisely, as to how to sell a stock wisely, and hopefully some of that magic dust will rub off on this interview. If you like this episode, tell me what you think, comment on it, share it, like it, tell all your friends about it, and stay tuned for future episodes. <laughs> Okay, man, Ian Young, I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time. Good I afternoon, John. <laughs> you know, I'm here finally. I made it. <laughs> I know yeah, you the from big time. No. <laughs> um, before we start, um, I think we normally have a Glenlivet, right? But you brought a nice, lovely Yamazaki. Yes. Um, this I... is pretty rare. Okay, this is a foreign investment. When Yamazaki won the World Whiskey Award in 2014, I realized that there'll be a huge demand for all sorts of Yamazakis. This is not the, well, of course, not the winner, but it's a relative. So I bought like uh, 30, 40 uh, bottles or something. But this particular one is of Derek Tiong, okay? Derek Tiong, who's a very smart guy. He's a good good friend of my son Nicholas. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you you saw the trend, you you got I saw in, the trend. You committed to I it. I committed. I bought. So recently, Teeling won the World Whiskey Award. Everyone can do this for those who can in, invest in alcohol. <laughs> Buy. I bought all the Teelings. You know, in time to come, uh, there be shortage of uh, whiskeys, especially those vintage, aged whiskeys, yeah, right? Aged whiskeys. Yes. There's a limited. I mean, imagine a 23-year-old whiskey. I mean, you can't can't find it. Can't I say, hey, I'm going to produce more in the factory tomorrow. You can't do that in this in the distillery, you know. Yeah. I had this discussion with Teng Chiwai actually, um, Afin Huang. Yes. And he, one of the things that he also said was, um, whiskeys could be. I mean, the, the thing is, there's no, no, there's not that many aged whiskeys in the future. They're going to stop. They've been they're being phased out already. And they'll just be, you know, non-aged, uh, non-age-defined whiskies. So I, I guess if, if you are capable and you've got a place to store it, you should, right? Just buy, just yeah. buy. It's like a good stock. Yeah. So just clear all. The <laughs> just, <laughs> just clear, clear the decks and commit all the. Just clear yeah. exactly like the tealing. You can get for three hundred ringgit and still, still. Of course, not the world whiskey award winner. Button. The world yeah. whiskey award, which I do. My yeah. son flew to. Dublin to buy it for me. Oh. Okay, yeah, he did. But he's based in London, so okay. Okay, so okay. So he flew, he got, it's about 1,004 ringgit. Okay, per yeah. per bottle. Per bottle. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's going to fly as well. Yeah, but it's cheaper than this. This is a few thousand. <laughs> this is a few thousand? Really? Yeah, yeah. What yeah, the hell, man? Yeah. It is. Well, thank yeah. you. Um, so I, I know you from, from, from Investment Bank, right? Mm -hmm. I see you as a deal maker. I see you as someone who knows about the share markets. I see you as someone who has a pulse on the, um, the trends. And how to make money, I think, specifically is how you make money. So that's the essence of why we're discussing today. Yes. Um, yes. But let's, let's, let's start at the start, right? Your years in the bank, your years in, in merchant banking. What were the things that you learned from there and what are your most formative lessons? Okay. When I started life, I wanted to be a social worker, 
okay. A social worker. Social worker. You won't believe it. But NGO like, kind of like charity yeah, guy. Exactly. So Peter and I, Fred, good friend in Sram, but so we used to go around doing a lot of church work and all that. I mean, you won't believe it. Okay, yeah, no we used kidding. to do that. I, yes. Ian Young. I did. High net worth individual. Yes. <laughs> I, I still do it. In fact, yeah, yeah. I still give a lot to, yeah. to worthy causes. Okay? okay. But I'm not ATM for all anyone, <laughs> which happens. So anyway, that's a, let's not talk about that. So in any case, I think integrity is important. You'd be surprised. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people want to deal with honest people. Yeah. So if... And I realized that when I first went into equities, okay, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to die because I'm not like these guys, you know, like they're flashy, they're glib, they can talk. And, and seriously, I'm an introvert. Yeah, I mean, that's a reality, yeah, Chuang, yeah. you know. So I, will, I want to go into research in SJ in those days, okay, SJ Securities. And City Norizam, you know, thank, I must thank City very much because she, she gave me a big break. She said, sorry, we already got a hair reset. We got all the analysts we wanted. We're going to put you in the sales. I tell you, I nearly died. You know, I said, sales? <laughs> you know, that's nuts. I mean, So I for those know. who don't know sales, what do salespeople do? They sell stocks. They sell stocks. They, they sell stocks. In, those, in the 80s and 90s, they were like, uh, when we started, it was like interbroke. You know, so we used to deal with all the brokers, the foreign brokers and all that. And let's say, Chuang, you're based in Singapore, Hong Kong. So I'll go and approach you, be very chummy with you. And you give me... Malaysia in those days was the place to invest, you know, in the early 90s, especially. Mm. So the bull run, right? Up until 1993. Yeah, the bull run, yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's Barton Biggs, I recall, who said... He's a huge guy. Martin, Martin yeah, yeah, that, 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 uh, Morgan Stanley yeah. uh, uh, strategies, and somehow it was a confluence of a lot of factors, and Malaysia was one of the the, the markets to invest in. Okay, so and I was there, so and I didn't know what to do, you know, because I was such an introvert. So I said, so I got my big break from Singapore, and, and that's it, you know, yeah. So, um, what are the rules of, of uh, sales trading, right? How do you, how do you um, sell ideas? How do you spot ideas? How do you peddle stocks, which maybe fundamentally are not that sound, but they are sexy, which is the essence of stock markets, right? Because stock markets are all about just three emotions, well, two emotions, right? Greed and fear. You want to trigger greed so that people can buy those stocks, right? You want to stay away from fear. So how do you sell a stock? How do you sell a stock idea and, and uh, trigger that greed in them? I wouldn't say trigger the greed. I mean, I'm very different. Seriously, I mean... Yeah. So how does an introverted social worker want to be? Yeah. I would become say, a sales hey, you know, there's a truth. I think there's, a, there's something very interesting. There's yeah. good earnings growth. Yeah. It's undervalued. And it's trading at uh, very attractive valuations. I think growth is what everyone looks for. Yeah. You know, yeah growth in earnings especially so in those days you look at the Sunway group perhaps you look at Goban Watts those were the, the leader cables in those days and then God forbid Aocom you know yeah so so these were the stocks mm. so what did you learn in those days Ian? I mean you saw the whole bull run of 1993 I mean so many people made so much money and they lost and they lost and I would Some say 90, 95% of because they stayed in because they were greedy they, they stayed in yeah. you know Okay, I must confess, so, I didn't make anything. I mean, zilch. And yet I saw 
uh, friends and colleagues who, who, who borrowed money from the ATM, you know, using from the bank using ATM uh, credit cards, and with a nest egg of uh, forty, fifty thousand, they could make two, three million. I was, it's crazy. I was surprised. You know, yeah. So, what did you learn from the um, crash, the the, burn, the crash and burn of nineteen ninety three? So, I was uh, very disciplined, or perhaps I was very ignorant, in a uh, very uh, fearful. Okay, fearful. Because yeah. I, I used to read a lot. You see, Peter Lynch, Ron Buffett. You know, the the those, and and you would know that John Train, where he would uh, compile all those top investors and all that, and. Uh, don't be greedy, okay? Do you do a lot of reading? It's very important. Yeah. So a lot of people bought on a whim on a fancy, right? Exactly. Maybe their friends said, Oh, go and buy ABC or So let's say you are the guy in Hong Kong, you are the broker. He's always looking for ideas and we in Malaysia so will be feeding yeah. We push ideas. So obviously uh that uh, I would put on my salesman cap at times. I have to. I can't be saying don't buy it will come, don't buy, you know. Yeah. But they do appreciate it. But And being interbroke, uh, doing business, I say, okay, just buy me 5 million TRI uh, situation. TRI, TRI, TRI yes. Bloody which hell, is, man. Uh, uh, now become Aziata now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Salcom Aziata, yeah. Mm. Dajidin Ramli. Mm. So what you learn? Um, you got to... Yeah, look at the numbers. Fundamentalist, look at numbers. Look at numbers. Fundamentalist, yes. Be a fundamentalist. When I left in CIMB, okay, the investment bank, in 2013, uh, I wanted to list my own company, you know, which was a SPAC. And I thought, hey. But more importantly, I wanted to invest my own money in the sense that, because I, I had a lot of great ideas, you see, and a lot of our clients are making so much money, millions, you know. So I said, I better eat my own cooking, man, seriously. Yeah. So when I started investing big time, I would say the going has been fantastic. Yeah. 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 Okay, so um, the market is this, this, this animal, right? Some people, yes. many people, in fact, most people underestimate the market. They think that they are sometimes bigger than the market. They think they can read the market. They think they can tell where it's going to go. But it's almost, it's, it's virtually impossible. Nobody's bigger than the market. No, not, not even Warren Buffett, right? What is the essence behind what makes the market operate? What is the secret sauce behind making money from the share market? Making money from share market is taking long-term view. That's, that's my... my I'm, uh, in my time in investment, I met a lot of individuals. Not, not many, okay, let's say about 10 to 15. And these people, they're worth hundreds of millions. You know, and they started very little, something like 10,000, 20,000 ringgit. I met one engineer, former engineer. In 1967, he started investing. He told me his return is 36%. Every year? Every year. Since the 60s? Since the 60s. And he told me that about 10 years ago. You know, So I worked it out, gosh, he's worth about 300 million 10 years ago. And I'm, and I know it's still getting winners. Yeah, you could be billionaire by now. You yeah. Really, yeah. yeah. And, and that's the way to do it. Mm. So what take does it mean to take view. a long term view? What does it mean? Buy, you're buying a business. You're not buying a piece of paper. You see. You okay, know? so you it's take a position. Take a position. Uh, 
for example, I know people bought QL, people bought Press Metal, Hata Lega. One individual I know bought Hata Lega two months after it was listed. If we recall, Hata Lega, the IPO price was 185. He bought 164, about a million shares. And now that one million shares is worth about 300 million ringgit. Fucking hell, man. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Oh my it's god. True. I, I've been to the public bank AGMs, and the first slide they love to show is that if you had bought 1,000 shares of public bank in 1965 or whatever, when the stock listed at you know, one ringgit, 35 cents or whatever, um, plus everything, plus dividends, plus bonus issues, you would be worth that. 1,280 ringgit will be worth 1.8 on 1.9 or 2 billion ring, uh, 2 million ringgit by now. It's true. Okay. Uh, my good friend, Mr. Gan Tiam Chai, the exec- executive chairman of Kawan Food, he said when he started his business in 1978, okay, uh, well, his friend bought, I think, 40,000 shares of public bank. And Mr. Gan told me this, I think, about five years ago. So his friend now, every year, gets 2 to 3 million in dividends. Bloody hell, man. Yes. So, so, so the thing is, you've got to spot the right stock. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You've got to be able to buy a good quality stock at a certain price, which is below market value at best. And then you've got to have the patience and the discipline to ride out the market. To ride it out. Right? There'll be a lot of bad news. Oh, you a know, lot of bad news that, and cycles, right? Yeah, exactly. Explain that, that, that emotion. You could be very logically driven, you know. So in other words, uh, you got to put your emotion aside. You got to be very disciplined. So in other words, you're going to hear a lot of people. Hey, you got to sell. You got to sell. Hey, you're always sitting on a lot of profit, you know. So so, especially your friends, you know. So, uh, you have to uh, look at it yourself and say, hey, uh, let's say for example, I know someone bought uh, QL fifteen years ago. And he sold recently because three and forty-five times earnings. It's like ridiculous. That's crazy. It's crazy because yeah. people are now buying QL of because of Family Mart. You see, you know. So and they they think that uh, it's a good share. Yeah. Uh, I know Dr. Chia personally. Yeah. He's a fantastic manager. Invest in the person. Okay, that's very important. You can get some Dae Hong Piao. You can get someone like Chia uh, Song Kun. You know. Uh, How do you know to spot a good manager? When you look at Chia Sung Kun in the eye, or when you look at Tae Hong Piao in the eye, and how they move and react with their people, what do you look for to tell you that it's, he's a good manager, a good custodian of the business? Yeah, good uh, steward of the business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's got to be frugal, and he doesn't need to... If you look at the, the, the uh, for me, if you put a dollar in a business, it's got to come up with attractive, let's say, at least a 20 cents return per yeah, annum. Yeah. So giving away some of the secrets. 20%, 20%. So it has to, the returns have to be quite attractive. Yeah. That's how we judge a business. Yeah. So to me, it's more important than people say PR is low and all that. You know, PR is like, can be low for a long time, you know, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the business is not expanding, you know. So, it has to be very scalable. Yeah. So, look, QL now. They're like, the, the market, when I first met Dr. Chia, remember in 
in uh, BJ. The market cap, I think, was at three hundred million. Now the market recently I saw is about ten billion. You know, that's thirty times. Is it? Yeah. Thirty times. Yeah. yeah, thirty times. But it's not as good, of course, as the Hatalega. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you tell someone's a good, good, good uh, manager? Good manager, good business. Uh, how do you tell though? Because you can easily get get stung. I mean, remember Transmal, right? Transmal, yes. everybody remembers, right? For example, who would have thought who would have thought Enron would go down, right? Who would have thought Olympus would be dodgy, right? Who would have thought? Do you know what I mean? But I think after some, you look at him in the eye, you can. Can you tell really? I I I think I can. You know, I think I can. You know, and you can and the lifestyle. You know, definitely, the people who are uh, not uh, who are dodgy have a very high flying type of uh, luxurious lifestyle. You know, you can you can say that. Yeah. I remember having lunch. Okay, Doctor Chia, I'm going to say this. In playing with Doctor Chia. And he was haggling with a guy over the cost of the meal, which cost like 20 ringgit. These are the managers you like because they're watching like, the cost. They're watching the cost, you know. I mean, I was thinking to myself, hey, it's like five bucks or, you know, but yeah. he wants to do what is right, yeah. you know. Yeah. Mm. That's all the thing. So there's two parts of um, investing, right? One is knowing when to go into a stock and when to leave the stock, when to sell the stock, right? So the first, some people get it right going in, but some people get it completely wrong going out and they lose all their gains, right? And some people have this beautiful dance. They get in at the right time and they get out at the right time. So let's talk about the getting in part, right? For someone who is not an accountant or like a, like a learned investor, how does one spot a good stock? Well, what are the principles of buying wisely? To me, like I said, the return is very important that, that one can get, you know. You're going to put in one ringgit, one dollar, hopefully you can get at least 20 cents per, per annum. So in other words, the cash flow. So profits are one thing, and but I think the returns are more important to me. And more equally important, scalability. No point having a fantastic business, but it will remain the... the, the small business at, that it is. Look at rubber gloves. Yeah. You just put a, like, like 20 factories and you can become the biggest in the world, you know? Are you an investor mainly in Malaysia now or you invest around the world? I focus mainly in Malaysia and Southeast Asia, okay? okay? Yeah, and also China. But I still like to stick to what uh, Mr. Bartford says, uh, stick to your circle of competence. So, and I find there's a tremendous value here because we're the worst performing market that's a good news. Yeah. Uh, Malaysia. So there's a lot of cheap stocks out there. A lot of cheap stocks. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of cheap stocks. So, okay, so to the novice investor or to the beginner investor, how does one read the news? How does one read the announcements? How does one read the financial reports and the announcements um, to get a good sense of where a stock is going and its health? Are there principles behind that? Okay. In other words, the gearing level has to be... The debt levels. The debt. So, so this is the first thing you look debt at. Debt vis-a-vis the shareholders' funds, equity. So in other words, it mustn't be too highly geared, you know. So unless, of course, you're building like, like press metal. When they built the, the aluminum uh, smelter business in Strava, yeah. that was the best deal ever, man. You know, <laughs> they borrowed like, what, one billion and they, 
and now the press matter is worth 25 billion. When Tan Sri Paul couldn't, we were drinking about 15 years ago, his company was worth, the market cap was what, 400 million? Yeah. So you've got to borrow the right business for the right reasons, that, you know. But in any case, I try to make sure, in generally, these companies are highly geared. Okay. Okay. Other than debt levels, what do you look at? What do you look at? Uh, scalability. So, like I told you, I, I don't want a situation where it's a fantastic business, but always remain like uh, one one shop lot type of business. You know. So I was thinking, you know, Penang, and I was thinking, you know, that guy in Penang Street, the Penang Chendol and all that. The Chendol guy, yeah. yeah. It's a fantastic, fantastic business. But he can only be one. No, it's still scalable. You find everywhere in our day outlets. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's very scalable. Like Ron Buffett says it has to have the brand equity, the franchise, you know. Yeah. The franchise is very important. In other words, it can't be a business where everyone can duplicate, you know. Else you won't have any competitive advantage. Yeah. You need to have a, the, the mode, so to speak. Yeah. Okay, the defensibility. Okay, so now uh, you pointed out quite rightly that Malaysia is the cheapest market, not the cheapest, it is the most uh, unloved market in Asia, okay, for a variety of reasons, which, which, we'll, which we shall not get into, okay? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of deals available. So that's a, it's a good time. In fact, if you're an investor, you're spot for choice. You don't know which to buy. And for most people, 99.9% of them, they are... Ammunition is limited, right? They can only buy a few stocks. What does one look for? Look for low valuations. Once again, stick to your principles. Scalability. Okay, I hate to use this term, low PR, you know. Because low, low P's are like... Uh, but it'd be better to have low P's and buy something like 50 times earnings, you know. Yeah. Okay, okay, look at Amazon and all. Perhaps it's trading about like 200 times earnings or something, you know. Yeah. But then again, I still prefer... Uh, a lot of the companies in Malaysia, especially the small cap space. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's where all the, the, the values are. Yeah, because if you buy something for 30 million, it's a higher chance of it going to 30 million rather than buy that's something which is 300 million. It's a chance for it to, to go up to 1B. Yeah, or 1B, and, right? And, and, and you know, you and I will be driving Ferraris then, you know. Well, you are, you're <laughs> driving Ferrari, I'm not. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not, seriously. Yeah. Um, mm. So what sectors do you like? Uh, what, what kind of, like, I, what, I what, don't, what I usually look at the top-down approach. Like, okay, let's, for example, today yeah. when I'm meeting, I met this company called Kajutran Asastara Bahad. They're into M&E, okay? Engineering. Me- mechanical and, engin- and electrical. So they do things like okay, all these uh, wiring and all that and lips, but they're trading at what uh, eight times earnings, net cash position. Fantastic. Net cash. Uh, uh, market price is uh, what's the market price? Uh, Twenty-five cents. Yeah, they have three cents in cash. You know, so you know that when the company is ca- has. Uh, decent cash it will never go bust you know mm. unless the um, owner is or unless the the which is obviously yeah. 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 yeah so there's a lot of these very cheap stocks in Malaysia in fact the whole the whole region right they're what are known as value traps because they stay that way forever, maybe intentionally even by the controlling shareholder maybe the family right maybe they want to keep it cheap so how do you get away from those stocks? 
I agree with you. They are value traps. Uh, in fact, I won't go into names because we, we do a lot of corporate finance of right, deals right. and all that. And actually, a lot of uh, uh, tycoons have actually approached and say, hey, don't you go to the guy, approach him. Yeah. I want to buy over the company. Yeah. So I actually approach these value traps. Yeah, yeah. Say, hey, you know, your company is worth, has a market cap of 1.2 billion yeah. and has about 600 million in cash. And we've got in Johor land worth about 4 billion or something. Do you want to sell to me? Say, are you crazy? I'm not going to sell to you because my company is worth like uh, the market, let's say the market price is 470 now. I'm giving a lot away. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> and, and let's say we're willing to buy it at 7 ringgit, okay? But he knows it's worth 20 ringgit. Like I say, it's a value trap. But it will, the share price will never move to 20 ringgit. Why does he keep it there? Uh, okay, there are a variety of reasons. My, my guess is that because it's owned by a family. Okay. They don't need to see it fly, So, right? so they don't need to see it fly. And perhaps it provides gainful employment. I'm speaking generally, not, not, not for this company. They don't want to, 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 they want status quo. They're very happy with the one, two million that they get per annum. And you tell them, I can make you billionaires. They, they're not keen. I mean, they're, they're very rich, you know, but they don't aspire to go around their private jet or whatever, you see. And they, they think that, that uh, doing business together, perhaps they can keep the family together or something until something happens. I see. That, yeah. So there's a lot of like, it's, it's non-financial reasons, right? Yeah, non-financial. It's, it's, it's non kind of like a almost humanitarian familial reason for, for familial reason not humanitarian yeah. Yeah, for, well, for, because you know, of the family maybe and, there's you know. a social reason right they yeah. got staff and they don't have a, a hostile takeover and then you know obviously then half of them might get canned you know um, yeah in, because in some Gordon Gekko perhaps <laughs> might, might be approaching yeah, like, hey right, I can make you rich just get rid of 30% and, of the people and chop them off you know yeah, yeah. Um, so so in, in, in the process of spotting these stocks and in the process of, of understanding, establishing that they're not value traps. Exactly, you are right. Because value traps are such that, uh, let's say in Penang, there, there are a number of value traps, there, you yeah. know. Yeah. And you don't want to invest in those companies yeah. because they, uh, unless, of course, uh, they decide to wake up tomorrow and say, hey, you know, we'll privatize the company. And most probably they will privatize it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And because get everything themselves. Yeah, right? get everything themselves, you're right, yeah. So unless they are going to bump up the dividend yield or something, which I don't think they will, because that 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 few hundred million has been there for for the past ten years, you see, or, or more. So you're right. Avoid them. Yeah. Mm, avoid them. So mm, I, I've been caught in a few value traps itself, but yeah. but uh, after like five six years, it start just start selling them off. How how important is it to make mistakes? Because I'm sure everybody... You definitely will make mistakes, yeah. you yeah. know. So... Uh, what are the mistakes that you made that could have been avoided? What were the uh, circumstances? The mistakes is that knowing that you will make mistakes. I mean, I made a lot everybody, of mistakes yeah, everywhere. Until today, right? So you just cut it off. You, the main thing is, I think the term used by Peter Lynch is, you know, uh, do not... Uh, it's like you own a fleet of... Uh, horses you know so don't take profit on those that you are the winners uh, and then hold on to the losers you see that's the dumbest strategy ever yeah. so in time you can get a bunch of 
horses that can't run, you see, you know? Yeah. yeah. So are, like, you, are you one of those people that as soon as you bid a bit of money, you, you get out and then you no, book no, it, right? No, no, I'll ride it. I'll ride, ride it, it all yeah. the way. I'll ride all the way, yeah. Okay. So I have winners that are still producing, like what, in a short space of time, 150, 200% returns. I'm uh, just hold on to it, yeah. So mm. how disciplined Unless it happens to be in a very cyclical type of business, like oil and gas, for example. Yeah. For, let's say, those who bought... Uh, uh, Sapporo Energy yeah. at, at one ringgit in those days and went up to four and at a peak you know when 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 uh, Tan Sri Mokzani sold that, that was uh, alarm bells alarm bell you know yeah, yeah. so when the major shareholder <laughs> sells out it's Hey, I you think follow, you you got to follow. It was man. the wisest thing he did. It was the wisest thing he did, and I think that's the wisest thing I did. It's <laughs> <laughs> thirty cents now. Twenty nine, yeah, 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 exactly. Like that. That's crazy. Yes. So again, how do you spot those things? How do you have the discipline? How do you? You got to be very in touch with the market. Like for me, I'll, I'll spend like two three hours every day reading up on on stocks. You know, it's something I love. You know, it's it's. Uh, you gotta want to love it, talk, right? You gotta sorry. you gotta love it. You gotta love it. Yeah, you have to. You must have the interest. You know. Yeah, you must read not only on stocks, read read on generally on business. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So because trends are like uh, that. Something that happened in US, it could happen here in six months time. So when 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 let's say tech is booming there, it could happen. In, it, normally, it's a worldwide phenomenon. You see. So what is happening in the market now? What's your read of the market? I generally try to ignore the market. So I'll look at the... Like because I'm taking a long-term view. If I take, let's say, public bank, for example, like what you rightly say, public bank was... Uh, there's so many things that have happened. Yeah. I don't have a damn of a market. Make sure, make sure I've got the public bank, is here, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay, so a lot of people are now saying that long-term investing is dead. Right, there's no more proposition to buying a stock and keeping for the long term because there just isn't. I, right? I do agree. They're they're long term. Like I told you just now, uh, I bought a, a rights shares yeah. uh, two weeks ago yeah. at five five and a half cents, and the day and the next day it went up to ten cents. I just sold it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, of course I had to sell because of the last day of trading. See, you know, yeah. so I have no choice. So. For me, I've got the trading element, I've got long term. So the trading element would be I keep about 10% of it, you know, just to, to perhaps a gambler in me. You yeah, know? yeah. But 90% would be mainly two, three year type portfolio. And do you still, even, to, even today, when everybody's talking about a recession, everybody's talking about, you know, oh, it's the 10th, 11th year anniversary of the financial crisis, people are holding cash okay. and moving I to recall gold. Three years ago, everyone was predicting the crash. So imagine those three years ago, the fund managers actually went down to zero, or perhaps they they were they they sold even puts or something for yeah, example. Yeah, 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 that's right. They be dead by now, you know, really. Yeah. So better business. I, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, yeah. So, to me, look at the business. Forget about the economy and and perhaps okay, the currency may be important, okay, because it affects the business. You see, okay. But in terms of global economy, I'm not that bothered really. Like Peter Lynch says, if you if you read up about the macroeconomics for 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 five minutes every day, you spend like 
uh, three minutes too much on it. You see, you know. Yeah. So is it is it at all possible for like a very good company, which is very strong fundamentals, to ever go down like to like rock bottom status? Is that possible? It is possible. It is possible, uh, right? It it's, is it's possible, a, but unlikely. You know, unlikely. unlikely yeah. Okay. I, I really can't think of any very good business. Okay, one caveat though. Yeah. My biggest fear, okay, I'm telling you guys, okay. uh, my biggest fear is technology. You know, I may have the best managed bookshop 10 years ago, chain bookshops, Barnes and Noble, disruption. Or whatever, disruption. That really scares me. So when I invest in, in any business, I call it a business now, I got to look at the technology factor. Because my fear is it could be put a business like technology one, two years' time, you see. You know? Yeah. yeah. But you see, the thing is, Ian, not ev- everything potentially is, is, is disruptable by technology. I mean, who would have thought that doctors could be disrupted? Who would have thought that lawyers can be disrupted, right? To, I mean, today, journalists, like, the machines are, are, are replacing journalists. It's crazy. The, the media has been, the print media has been wiped out. Wiped out? Know, really, yeah. So how do, you, how, do you, how do you forecast disruption? You can't. I can't. But when that happens, you know, there's a, a paradigm shift in the whole industry. Yeah. Uh, sadly, you've got to get out, you know. I mean, you're not going to hold your star or, or your media prima until it goes down to... Mm, yeah, so, okay, I'm, I don't know how, how candid you're going to be, but um, what represent good deals now? Whether in terms of names, or whether in terms of sectors, or whether in terms of business industries? I still like the few F&B companies, you know, uh, where I think they're uh, F&B, but non-restaurant-like uh, business, you know, because after uh, reading now about cloud kitchens and all that, you know, that's going to be a killer for, for all the, the yeah, outlets, outlets right? and all that, you know. Yeah, true. So F&B, obviously F&B is interesting because in there's so the, many the people in Asia. Product, yeah, yeah. The, the, where they manufacture uh, branded products, you know, branded F&B products. Okay, so mm. you stay old school that way. Yeah. I, I was very keen on Nestle when it was uh, 40 ringgit. I tried to buy some about last year. Then it shot up to, what was the price? Of, what, 148. Unfortunately, I managed to buy only 4,000 shares, you know. <laughs> Seriously, I wanted to buy everything because I realized that the yield was there. Return equity is about 75% for Nestle. You know, you put in a ringgit and get 75 cents every year. What a business can... Yeah. It's a fantastic business. Incredible. Yes, incredible. And it's recession-proof, by and large. By and large. It is. Because people is. will still buy Megimi and... Milo and Nescafe, right? Exactly. I right? love the Milo. Yeah. 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 Okay, so that's the buying part of the equation. Yeah. What about selling? How do you know when to sell? Selling is like, like QL, you know. When you see it for the, I entered the AGM. So when I heard that uh, all the shareholders were euphoric about Family Mart. And when I heard that Family Mart's contribution might take one, two years to, to, to come in. I thought, hey, you know, it's a good time to get out. Mm. So when it's really overvalued, let's say public bank goes to, to 40 times earnings or something, I would get out, yes. It'd be ridiculous not to. Yeah, but then how would you explain something like Amazon, right? Amazon has been at eye-watering valuations for the longest time. Even today, it's trading at, what, 200 times earnings? 
and it's it's touched the trillion dollars a few times already in terms of market value it it doesn't fulfill my investment uh, doesn't tick all the boxes for me i, I wouldn't invest in amazon Why? i i i lost out yes i didn't invest but i wouldn't because it's very conceptual to me okay i like to see still like to see the cash flow and the earnings come through you know so so yeah it's tough to to me is a greater fool theory it's a greater fool theory yeah, right greater, yeah, I know my greater fool theory. Make sure I'm the first or second fool, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Not the last guy Not holding the, last the baby, guy, right? You know, yeah. In time, the company realized that hey, you know, Amazon can't grow anymore, and that's it. We got to get out. You know. Yeah. Mm. So conceptually, yes, those are the perhaps the the venture cap guys who went in. Those were great. Those are great investment. Yeah. So how would you con- how how would you interpret this current? Um, environment, this current uh, the mood, um, you know where markets are. You know how much of a buying opportunity is it now? A lot of buying opportunity. It is right. Yes, look at the small mid cap stocks. You know, uh, they, are, they, you, are you furiously yeah. buying already? Have you been furiously I, buying? I, I've been buying for, and I've been holding on to it and just sitting on them. You know, seriously. Yeah. How? How? Hey, cheers. Come. Hey, cheers. No, no, because this is very interesting, right? Yeah. At, a, at a time when a lot of people are like saying, hey, get out of equities, move into cash. Some people are buying gold uh, and, and you're buying more stocks. It's I'm sitting it, on the stocks, okay? okay. So I'm sitting it, on stocks. Is it a time frame uh, thing for you? It's not a time frame. It's just that if I feel that uh, if, if, let's say, for example, Kosan Rubber, uh, which I had, and I sold out, I think, during the last when it went berserk and of course I sold out but the, the idea is I should have gone back in which I didn't you see you know okay. when, uh, I think three years ago when 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 the rubber glove sector boomed you know the, the share price went up on a berserk okay yeah. so I know and then you tank after that so I know you you mentor young people Ian um, yes. so I'm going to get you to summarize these things for us right mm-hmm. what are the three things that the novice investor should be aware of and watch out for when he's buying a stock and what are the three things that the novice investor should do when selling a stock okay three things buying buying i would say that buy something where you're familiar with okay number one and number two has to be scalable no point like i said no point buying something which will still remain uh well might be the most fantastic restaurant ever it will always be one restaurant. Yeah. yeah, only one chef, right? Yeah, one chef. Yeah. It has to be scalable, okay? That's very important. And thirdly, someone you can trust, okay? So you can see that more or less, uh, even you do your own reading, you can see, okay, these guys, the numbers are uh, net cash. You, you can't, well, forget about China, come, the, 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 what they call, the M chips, uh, you know, the, the. but generally you can see the, the cash and it was net cash let's say about five ten percent net cash I, I think that's fantastic yeah okay. not too much cash though because not too much, too much cash, cash would yeah. be ridiculous you know I mean you should be giving it out as a dividend you can't yeah. be sitting on when the market cap is 1B and then sitting at half a billion in cash is ridiculous you know? yeah, yeah yeah what about the principles of selling then what are the three things that you should be aware of okay when everyone's euphoric perhaps you want to sell when, 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 let's say the guy in the lift, you not okay for me. When I get a lift, 
And there have been times I sold, and everyone starts talking about the stock market. They say, say okay, this is a, <laughs> this is a good time to perhaps take some off the table. You okay, know? so yeah. go against the grain. Where oh, definitely. Yeah, you can't be, uh, you can't be, outstanding when following everyone. You see, you know, if you are following the crowd, you never be rich. Yeah, mm. you have to be different. Principle mm. number two. Principle number two. Uh, buy something which uh, I would say like I said return equity very important you yeah. know return something which about at least 15% 20% return equity mm, yeah so and, for every dollar yeah, you put in yeah. you're getting 15-20 cents back 15, every year, cents year, year, every year, year yeah. most importantly actually in life to me then be disciplined you may know everything in life but if you're not disciplined, you're not going to execute it, you see. Yeah. You know, Chuang? Yeah. You know, what's the point? I might be the smartest guy in the world, but I have no discipline. And I'm going to go berserk when I'm going to be very affected by what people tell me, you know. And then all my friends say, hey, you can buy this house. Or you better sell, you know. So discipline to me is very important. Yes, extremely. All these things are quite human emotions, right? Yeah, you've um, got to take the emotional part away. Yeah. And for the most part, when I look at someone like you who has been investing his whole life, and you probably, I, I, I think you're probably going to be doing this for the next 50 years, right? You probably do it until the day you like. I'll be dead. Yeah? By the time I die, I'll, I'll be. <laughs> Shuffle all the smalls of call, yeah. you'll still be analyzing annual reports, right? Um, yeah. Drunken Miller's the same thing, Warren Buffett's the same thing, Charlie Munger's the same thing. Um, you know, I love these guys it. are still analyzing it, yeah. annual reports at 90 and, years and, old. And actually, money to me doesn't mean anything. You okay, know? so what drives you yeah. to do this? It's like. It's a hobby, it's an interest, it's the passion of my life, you know, so... I yeah. tell everyone I would do it for free, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll do it for free. So I want to ask you about this guy, right? Kun Yin, okay? Kun Yin is the so-called super investor. He started, I know Mr. Kun very yeah, yeah. well. So, yeah. so, do I, so yeah. he started Mudajaya, he started IJM, he started um, one more construction company. Mudajaya. Mudajaya, um, IJM, right? And one more. Um, he, apparently, according to him, he only started investing it when he was 55 years old. He only started investing seriously at 55 years old. And now he's, what, 89, 88 years old? 87. 30-something years into the game, right? How important is it to get a lot of years under your belt, get the feel of the market, and understand how this bloody animal works? Okay, important, start young. In anything, start young. Make all your mistakes when you're young. Because you can't afford to make mistakes when you're 50 years old. Yeah, you can't lose your capital. Yeah. When I started, I lost everything. But it was like what, three thousand ringgit, so, so I'm I'm still here and yeah. you're still standing. Uh, uh, yeah, still standing. I'm very happy and comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, but it's fine to lose. It's fine to make mistakes. Failure is in is an event, not a person. You see. So, so but do a lot of studying. I think uh, if I have any thing, to, any book to recommend, one hour Wall Street. One Up on Wall Street by Peter Lynch. To me, that is the book to read. Yeah. Okay. So, your three things to read. To read is one thing, but I said the most important is discipline. And okay, discipline. Okay. okay. So because it happens to me at times. You know, certain things that doesn't uh, doesn't fulfill all my conditions, and let's say, and yet I've jumped in. You know, because yeah. it's like. I can't explain it. I'm I'm human, you see, yeah. and and it's a mistake, you know. 
Yeah. yeah. So, I explain it. I, I, I said discipline is very yeah, important. Yeah, I'm just flashing back to all those mistakes I made as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, all driven by yeah, just pure you, emotion. You may, I mean, I think Robert Buffett makes it, uh, sorry, I quote Buffett all the time, I read so much about him. You know, everyone knows how to lose weight, they say, you know, yeah. seriously. But it's like whether you're disciplined enough to lose, to, to follow that, that regime, you know, that is the equally important, you know. So when you wake up in the morning and in the course of your reading habits, right, what are the, what are the three things you read? Top three things. Top I look four. at market developments. I, and so you read the business pages? Yeah, I read business pages. I'm reading all the time. Even in bed, I read about Wall Street and I look look up the Bloomberg and and yeah. yeah. So it's like for for me, it's uh it's three to four hours. You know, so trying to get a holistic three sixty view of the market, trying to get a read on where it's gonna go. Not as well. I'm not bothered where it's gonna go. But yeah. of course, I don't want it to crash. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. But but uh, I like to. It's an interest. It's, yeah. I'm not buying based on what the economy is going to go. I'm buying because it's a fantastic company run by a very honest, capable guy, you know? That is uh, supremely important. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Scalable business. Scalable business. At a low price, good manager, decent honest manager, guy, manager. decent guy. Yeah. Okay. So all until now, we've been talking, Ian, about buying shares on the public markets, right? Publicly traded stocks, right? That's one... Sh- well, there's one proven way of getting rich, okay? Um, you've also talked about starting a business. So that's the other way you can get rich, right? Yes, um, to all young people. Yeah. If you can, try and you... And of course, they want to do it. Do it, you know? Don't think so much, oh, is it the right time? I don't have the capital. I'm not ready. I would say do it. Because to me... Uh, I mean, I've been in a banking line as well, investment all the for. So I realized that... Capital is actually secondary. The idea and the determination is more important. If anyone has a good idea, I'll invest in it. So don't worry, capital, you know. Yeah, really. but yeah. except we're looking for 25% ROE and, uh, <laughs> and complete utter unwavering honesty from the guy. Right? I mean, decent. And, you decent know, he's a, the, he can't be angel, that's for sure. You yeah, know, but... Yeah. but uh, just uh, uh, someone who would pull a fast one on the shareholders. Yeah. So in your opinion, what, what businesses would, would be good to start in this current environment? Services, low uh, asset light of businesses. Services you know? like what? Services like... Uh, oh, start a business. If I'm going to start a business. Yeah. Eh? Or if, it's, if a young uh, person is starting a business. I will go to tech. I will go to tech. Yeah, yeah. I still go yeah. to tech. Yeah. 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 What, what area? Because, because tech is to, huge. to me, tech is huge. A- any area in tech because it's like to me Malaysia is still the one of the best places for, for tech you know I mean must it crazy to go and start a business in, in Singapore or Hong Kong where it's like yeah. so expensive you know yeah. over here I can get a, a, a coder recently I met uh, I visited this company in uh, in Taman uh, Tun Common Ground yeah. he, he tells me he can get a very capable guy who writes excellent code for fifteen thousand ringgit, in Singapore, about twenty thousand sing for that. You yeah, know, sixty thousand so ringgit. Yeah, that's four times the price. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and I don't understand why people don't do it here. You don't need to be in Silicon Valley. You can do it here. Yeah, mm. well, like, of course, there's a whole yeah. bunch of reasons. Right? And after you're successful, basically, you can move to Singapore then <laughs> for the cheaper tax rate. Okay, <laughs> <done it. laughs> Just like Grab, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Would you buy Grab? Would I buy Grab? 
it doesn't fulfill my, you know. I imagine I don't want the numbers. I can imagine it's very, uh, perhaps it's trading at fifty, hundred times earnings. You know, yeah. so so I, I wouldn't buy that. You know. Mm. Okay, so you I know you've told me that um, you invest not because of the return, or well, you do, but you don't invest it because you're driven by the outright commercial return. You you do it because you love it, right? But um, as a human being, right? I love uh, the process. You love the process. I right? love you, the you're process. driven by the competition, yeah. the, the the whole yeah. activation behind it. To, right? to identify good companies to invest. And every time you get three, four, five X, it's a real thrill, right? Okay, yeah, it's a thrill, but doesn't do anything. I mean, okay, perhaps I could buy another watch or something, you know, that sort of thing. But so what, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, but more important, I, I can give more away, you know? That's more yeah. important, yeah. Okay, so you do, that's interesting, right? So why hmm. do you give it away? How do you give it away? I don't know. I give it away. Let's say I can go to St. Joseph's Central and say, hey, you know, here's 10,000 ringgit and go to Crisis Home and say there's 3,000. So all adds up. So one year can add up to 70,000 a year, yeah. for example. Yeah. Okay. I can even give it to Surau, so I, you yeah, know, too. Yeah, yeah. And it all adds up. So if you've done it over a space of 20 years, 80 to 100,000 a Every year. Every year. Yeah, that's decent. I won't say it's fantastic. I know. Mr. Kuhn has donated or wa- wanted to donate uh, the land to to, to this university in Kampa, yeah. which was worth about, what, 30, 40 million? Yeah, so I mean, he's 87 years old. I mean, what's he going to buy, right? He doesn't need he doesn't need another bungalow. He doesn't need another Rolls Royce. I mean, how many cars can he ride in anyway? He, he has a Rolls Royce. And uh, remember last time we, we went for a company visit in China, when he came back, he took the bus. Yeah, yeah that's did. pretty cool. So you actually, <laughs> really you actually don't need the money, right? So, so what, what drives, I mean, the... the th- it's, uh, it's a challenge, you know. It's a scoreboard. The money is a scoreboard, perhaps, you know. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's no way I'm going to spend, spend it or no way all of us are going to spend it, you know. I, I like how you use a collective phrase as in like I'm <laughs> I'm <laughs> no, nowhere no, no, near no. <laughs> I mean all of us are I, so I'm sure you will be you know definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you're a great entrepreneur yeah yeah. so what do you do with your you know how what you know what do you spend your money on um, how do you enjoy life I, I don't I love watching TV I mean seriously yeah. I know it's, it's crazy <laughs> I mean I don't like I, I don't like to fly anywhere all that much. Yeah, perhaps I need if I need to go to company business, yeah, I fly to Sabah, you know. Uh I'm helping someone do a beach resort there, that sort of thing. Yes, I could fly to KK, you know, but that's about it, you know. So you make all this money, Ian, and, and you don't spend it, you you just give it away. That, that's that's some of it, not all, but it's uh yeah. It's uh I don't know. I really don't know what, what, what to say you know really you, know, you caught me in the spot I, I can't I can't answer you Chuang you know yeah perhaps I buy like 50 bottles of this whiskey that yeah, yeah, yeah. after winning the World Whiskey Award you know yeah, yeah. so I'll just that's a nice cake there yeah. are, you a, are you an art guy are you a car guy are you like no, a watch I, guy I, I, that's I, a nice I watch do. I, that, that's I pretty do cool. but somehow it's every time I make money I say hey you know uh, perhaps I feel like buying the watch yeah. and there's a waiting list yeah. and normally when I go to the shop they say okay you got a three year waiting list so okay I'll wait for three years you know I'll, I'm a very patient investor or you can go right? to Italy and go and buy it nah. I mean you know. uh, Patek no Patek yeah, is Swiss okay so yeah. so uh, then somehow two months later it says 
hey, Mr. Young, uh, your watch is here. So, hey, don't we get wait two years? So yeah. I'm surprised. So let's say in particular in KLCC, let's say, oh, the guy, the man, the customer is on holiday. So you are very lucky. You managed to get your party in three months' time. Yeah. So okay, fine. I mean, since it's a uh, just go in, so I just keep buying patiks and all that, like get the world time, get the Nautilus, get the Rolex, uh, you know, yeah, the yeah. Batman, the Pepsi, or whatever. Yeah. Then, yeah, 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 I yeah. notice you're a watch guy. Uh, not really, just that. We ask me name, which model is, I don't know. I know it's a Nautilus. Is it a 586 or whatever? I know it's a 5 something, okay. So I really don't know. I'm, I. I'm a good hit for figures and and about the stocks and all that. Earnings and, ask me about, and uh, ratios yeah, and all exactly. that. Exactly. So I keep thinking of all these things, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but but about uh, watches, I know very little. Seriously. Yeah. Just but that. but the thing is that the names you've chosen, they're very investable. You're not buying something which is just junk. You can sell it for like a multiple of what you bought for it. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, does I that, mean, does I that answer the question in whatever you do in life that there's got to be something which you're buying in a certain price? No, it's not investment. Just that uh, perhaps like you say that uh, there must be somewhere to spend it. Right? So yeah. Buy a... So principles of life, Ian, I, I guess even, you know... Do good, you know, do you, good, don't, you yeah. don't, don't need to... You don't need to be dishonest or, or a crook to succeed. I mean, that's, that, that's my, my principle and, you know, you There's may not believe so it, but... There's so many opportunities to make money. You don't have to yes, do it illegally. You don't have to. It's crazy. It's like, it's a fantastic world we live in. I tell you, if I had to live my life all over again, I would start my business. Yeah. Although I wouldn't know what to have, what I would have done. But, you would have been uh, an entrepreneur. Yeah, but I would love to do that, you know. Yeah. Or, or start to become a full-time investor earlier. Then I'll be worth at least a few hundred million, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when did you become a full-time investor? Uh, a few years ago then. Yeah, a few years ago. Okay, so yeah, the, yeah. before that, you're doing it part-time. and Yeah, so, so. Because... Before that, I was telling people what stocks were attractive and they made a lot of money. So I thought, hey, it's time to, for me to start eating my own cooking, you know, yeah, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. What's your read of the next five to ten years? Is it going to be as good? I... Better. You think so? I think so. Then on I think so. For Malaysia, I think... The, for Malaysia, for the ASEAN region, I think it's fantastic. Op- there are fantastic opportunities. Uh, any someone who's gone to Australia, Europe, come back, do your own thing here, you know. Mm, someone young, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you know, this is the place to be, the ASEAN region. What would your advice be to the thirty-one-year-old guy? Start your own business. Start your own business. Start, your own business. Start doing it. Do it in tech. Uh, Start something in technology. Want, okay, perhaps uh, I, I would say that follow your passion. That you know, don't do something because there's money to be made. You know, do it because you want to do it, because you love to do it. I mean, I love investing. It's not for the money. You'd be surprised. Like I told you, it's I, I would have done it if I were done for free. You may not believe it, but it's true. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to believe. And, and that's why I would go to the... In those days, the early day, I'd go into office on Sundays. I'd be there the whole day. Saturday, Sundays, you know. Reading. 
analyzing. reading, analyzing. Because in those days, you didn't have uh, the 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 you couldn't get many things online. Yeah. So most of the research materials would be in the office. Yeah. So just just you know, just before you go, um, at any one point in time, how many stocks do you hold? Are you are you many? Are you big guy? Big okay. universe? Or I small? have a lot of stocks. I love stocks. Okay. Yeah. But my major holdings would be, let's say, a few million or something. You know, that's a good way. But only in a few stocks. But I might have a small positions and say, let's say, few hundred thousand worth. You know, yeah. which I might just sell off. You know, yeah. at a loss or something, yeah. because you. And if indeed I find it to be, I will continue to st- study it, okay? Let's say, for example, if I recently I bought some oil and gas stocks, okay, uh, a few months ago, yeah. then I might say, okay, I might. And the, the beauty is, all stocks to me doesn't de- is not dependent so much on the oil price, okay? It's actually dependent more, you're talking in Malaysian context, on petrol, under the capital earning cycle, the cycle, let's say. Because for the past three years, uh, Petronas has actually spent very little capex. But I realize now they've actually got to 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 restart the engine. Restart the engine, uh, yeah, you want yeah. to put it. In, yeah. In, uh, yeah. So that's why I think yeah. we're going to see. So that's a not boom dependent on the prices, local. right? Yeah. As long as the oil gas oil price doesn't tank, it should be good for a lot of oil and gas companies. Okay, so you yeah. keep a few core holdings where it's a few like core holdings where and then some, like I said, for the trading element, like the the the, the ORs or something, you might yeah. buy, let's say, half a million or something, and just and wake up and see it go hundred percent to sell and make a half a million, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> big numbers there. It's not. Um, oh, oh, sorry. Okay. No. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, <laughs> okay. all, it's all relative, right? No, no, sorry. I didn't say that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. So you've always been an equities guy. Um, yeah. You yeah. Ne- you're never currencies. You're never gold. You're never. You know, uh, property. Because it's not in my circle of competence, so yeah. I I don't know much about gold. I really don't, you know. So, like, I don't know much about watches. Just that I read and say, you know, there's a Nautilus and there's yeah. a uh, good to buy, and yeah, yeah. you know, perhaps I should get a Porsche or whatever, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. But generally, I don't. I don't spend that much just watching TV and other thing. <laughs> simple guy, simple taste, but good principles in life, man. I don't know. Perhaps I should be... Yeah. I used to gamble a lot, but at yeah. 28, I lost so heavily. Yeah. This is the truth. I lost so heavily. I swore to myself, I got out of that hole, I never gamble again. and never did. So in life, try not to gamble. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Biggest thief of your wealth, gambling. It I've is. I've seen so many people lose their uh, pants. And I almost did, and I almost did. I saw, I swore to myself, if I got out of that, that, that uh, predicament, I never gambled in, uh, as 20, when I was 28. I never, I've never done it uh, ever since, yeah. Yen Yung. Cheers. You're the John, man, love. Thank you. You are the man. Thank you for coming on. <laughs>